0: Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt and Paul helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. 3, 2, 1, Edwin and we're live.
1: Oh, you sprung that up on me. You sprung it upon me. That's not
0: the first time <laughs> I've sprung it up on you.
1: <laughs>
0: I should, shouldn't say that in the current climate with Philip Schofield.
1: <laughs> I, it's... Uh... Yeah, it's a beautiful story and everything, but I like, everyone going oh my god he's so brave and like really in this day and age, you shouldn't need to be brave to come out. It should just be like okay, cool, and and that's it. But, that yeah. is
0: a matter of fact. I agree. Mm. It is ridiculous that people have to feel like that. However, as like so, you know, so basically, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree and say I think that shouldn't even be a talking point, and everyone should be like, so what? Just get on with your fucking life, mate. No one cares. Yeah. Um, but then again, I would say that most things celebrities say, because, you know, I don't I don't really, I'm not really the sort of person that likes the concept of a celebrity. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. It'll turn out he's selling, like, gay dating sites next week or something. <laughs> and like no,
0: mate. I think if you haven't <laughs> already, well, if, if you haven't already heard the rumours, which I'm suggesting you haven't, I don't even know if they're rumours, but apparently he's been seeing an 18-year-old, like, boy or something or some sort of wannabe journalist or something i don't know something oh, like that. really? <laughs> um, don't, please don't sue me phil please just <laughs> yeah, in case i just heard it. it i heard it on youtube yeah um, i'm
1: just just other information <laughs> yeah but um
0: yeah and that that's almost another con- conversation to be had in that if this was i don't know say another celebrity that came out to say that they are um you know Trying to put this in the right context without sounding really bigoted because I really don't mean to be, but basically if it was another celebrity coming out to say that they'd been seeing someone else, like say a man saying they'd been seeing an eighteen-year-old woman, say like a fifty-seven-year-old man seeing an eighteen-year-old woman, everyone would be in outrage, you know? Oh, was poor family and you know poor kids and stuff. But obviously because he's come out being in air quotes brave, it's yeah, like everyone's yeah. just like brilliant, yeah. You know, yeah. Don't, don't forget about the fact you've been cheating on your wife for fucking however long. <laughs>
1: There's no evidence to that. There's no evidence. But like Alex said to me, she says, how does he know he's gay? He's either cheated on it or he's always been gay and lied for 27 years. Right. <laughs> I
0: think the latter is what he's suggesting. in that. He yeah. always knew that he was or something there, but he was also happy with his wife and his family, mm. which is not unbelievable. I'm sure many people can still be happy in a relationship with, even if they don't, you know so probably yeah, his, you don't have to be intimate
1: do you you just well, live with them and be good mates and... he was
0: obviously intimate to conceive a child I'd imagine well yeah, yeah. Unless, unless he's a turkey baster or two I don't know how many times <laughs> um, but I guess even being intimate with a woman doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're into it um, or maybe it's not as not as simple as that it's a bit more complex and maybe he is attracted to women or was attracted to women at some point as well who knows yeah, I don't even know cool. why we're talking about it on a nutrition podcast Mate, t-
1: 20 years time you uh, you could be changing your tune and we could be coming out and we could all be calling you brave and that could yeah.
0: be true I am um, well I did I used to have an ex-girlfriend whose dad used, <laughs> I thought you were going to say I used to dabble oh, I used to dabble a little bit um, no that's never happened um, not that it would be a problem if it had however it's just not something that I'm into um, but yeah I used to have a, uh, an ex-girlfriend whose dad uh, was no longer with her mum because of mm. the same sort of scenario Yeah. As in older life was basically, well, I don't know if he was, if he, I don't know how it works. I don't really know the details of it, but whether, I'm assuming it's like Philip, where he knew he was gay probably most of his life, but either was in denial, like internally, or, you know, just, you know, a bit like Phil said he was happy, he knew, but he was happy with, you know, a family and stuff. So, you know
1: yeah no these things yeah you, you never know do you and you only see a snapshot of things don't you so
0: no yeah. and, I, and i'll be honest like i don't think it's a talking point as you said i think the more talking point is the fact that if he has been cheating on his family that's fucking disgusting
1: yeah, yeah honestly there's
0: nothing there's nothing worse for me than like not that it's ever good to cheat in any way shape or form but when you've got a family and kids involved and then to do that like there are far more moral and admirable ways to go about life Than doing that type of shit. I know everyone does it as a kid, you know, I did it as a teenager or whatever else. You know, I think it's just one of those things where you you kind of learn and get more experience and you realize how fucking cretinous it is.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You learn from all your mistakes and and everything and yeah. But not in nutrition because people keep doing the same old shit and it never works.
0: That is absolutely correct. Again, that's two things you've said that I've now agreed with you. That's outrageous. This is a
1: first.
0: (laughs) I think it's never happened again.
1: Uh, I, I was, uh, went for my, to my parents' house for dinner earlier on uh, today, and um, we were sat at the table and we finished eating and we were t- chatting away. And my sister just kept saying things uh, that, like, she just kept walking into jokes, um, and I was I was quite quick with the, with the jokes, and um, some of them aren't really for for podcast conversation and stuff. They weren't really dinner table jokes, but um, I said them anyway. And um, my sister turned around and said. Uh, Fair play, you've been quite funny and quite quick tonight, so uh, yeah, I mean, there that must be something going on. <laughs>
0: it's normally just Alex that says that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, so, and it's just the quick bit. Well, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. so, no, to be fair,
0: she'd laugh at you.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, at me, not with me, though. Oh, yeah. So, so some, there must be something in the water tonight, because, uh, yeah, for you agreeing with me and me being quick and funny. And, uh,
0: oh, well, um, I would like to give the audience an update on my diet. Do you have to? Yeah, I'm just. People want to hear what's my experience. They want to hear what's going
1: on. Um, go for it, go for it.
0: I just, I just thought we'd just chivvy along a bit and a bit a little less chit chat because you know the feedback we get on the chit chat is not always amazing. So. Yeah, but only
1: from Tom though.
0: Yeah, he's a bit of a wanker, isn't he? As well, to be <laughs> fair. So actually, I can dismiss what he says. Uh, <laughs> so I
1: had, I had a message in the week, and um, was I screenshot it. Actually, just no, 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 not from Tom though. No. Um, it was from a former client of mine, Jack. Uh, all right Uh, here we go um this week's podcast was crap until he came out with the line of the year potentially her dad was grooming her i just burst out laughing and i can't stop crying uh when did that (laughs) oh crap it was in last week's. uh, it was talking about your colleague i think and yeah um and then he and then he texts saying oh crap it's better i've just heard her (laughs) <laughs> I just hear sucking her toes. So, when we were talking about the uh, the robbery, the, the guy broke in and was sucking the... the um, oh, house.
0: shit. Yeah, I was trying to think what colleague we were even talking about, but now I realise.
1: Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, and then he says he was going to uh, put it on the Alexa and play it around the house when, uh, when his missus got in. Oh, I don't know whether he did or not, but, uh, yeah, you have to let us know, Jack.
0: Yeah, thank you, Jack, for... Uh, really enjoying our content
1: <laughs> all one line of uh, an hour's episode <laughs> there was
0: some value in there i, I appreciate the the message and not the messages the questions at the end is not been particularly fruitful for for value and entertainment but it's something
1: but the uh the awkward situations uh how to the conversation starters
0: yeah they've not been particularly um you know but hey ho. Anyway, we were talking about my diet. Um, I am now the end of four weeks, um, going still quite well. However, this this week I have started to feel a few little kind of a bit a bit more of an increase in food focus, and you know the odd odd bigger spout of hunger. Um, and my weight is not. I suppose it's it's to be expected. My weight is kind of slowly slowly starting to flatten out a little bit after two very successful um immediate like drops as you'd expect as was kind of what I was trying to say um and then yeah it's kind of whew, slowly the rate is slowing down a bit but I think as I said that's expected however when I look back on my averages it's still pretty good um so I think basically I average, something like I don't know five pounds the first week four pounds the next then like three and now one still so it's not like it stopped or plateaued and I'm certainly not going to make any adjustments anytime soon but um yeah, it's kind of feel like, oh, we're now getting into like the, the routine of it now. I mean that by like not as in I'm in a routine, but we're kind of we're in that routine phase now where it's just slow and steady. You know, I'm not yeah, gonna be seeing yeah, I'm not gonna be seeing like half a pound every day like I was for the first few days or first couple of weeks.
1: So what sort of uh deficit do you think you're in roughly?
0: I'm guessing about five, six hundred. Say so yeah, maybe, maybe a bit more bit. some days um yeah. so five six hundred maybe six seven hundred on some days depending upon if i eat up to my so i gave myself a range more than anything mm, and yes I... yeah you can be saying. yeah. for most of my days i've stuck to the low end of the range because i felt actually content where i was in terms of like the 17 1800 mark instead of 2000 um they caveat they are my calories not your calories <laughs> yeah everyone has to <laughs> say that don't they oh don't <laughs> follow my macros like everyone's so <laughs> different um but yeah uh so uh, for for most days, I've kind of been in probably I reckon I, I maintain my weight at this body weight around two thousand five six hundred, um maybe two thousand five hundred at this weight rather than, you know yeah when I'm a bit yeah younger. so but then I don't on a Thursday I'm probably not really in much of a deficit because I do eat a lot on a Thursday purely because that is my running day and I fucking hate running having not fueled um and I also found that. When I was kind of dieting, uh, the mini, the only like the mini cut I did, I don't remember when it was now, but it was. I think it must have been before we went on one of the stag do's. Um, so it must have been probably before mats, I think when obviously I did this kind of mini cut, I did find that when I was dieting, I did struggle to do anything over like or close to the distance. I was running long, longer than I am now because I'm only running 10k a week, whereas I think I was yeah. then trying to build up to a 12 mile tough matter. I remember getting to like six or seven miles and really struggling, so I had to start eating more on those days. And I've just kind of actually just continued that now, so I'm, I'm only really dieting six out of seven days.
1: So. Okay, well it's 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 not a uh, like to have a day at maintenance or. Even if you're in the smallest of surpluses, it's not the worst way of going about it. Like people have refeeds all the time, especially when you get into the depths of dieting. Yeah. So and yeah. I,
0: and I don't think I'll probably be even be in a surplus. I think I'm probably still in a deficit, but just maybe not quite as much. Because obviously mm. taking into account the activity that I'm doing on that day as well, um yeah. I'm probably still in a deficit, just maybe not as much as the other days. Um yeah yeah yeah, i I, I think the point i want to bring up is because i have you know four weeks in and i have now started to think last few days there's been a few more moments where i'm starting to think oh i'm looking forward to my next meal now because obviously one of the things i said about me finishing this experiment was the appetite and just having zero of it and obviously the digestion issues obviously digestion issues are completely fucking gone and um yeah i've now started to notice some periods where i'm actually not struggling but i'm having to actively think um you know, I am hungry and I need to do something about it, i.e. be mindful, take my mind off of eating, focus, like, try and put less focus on food and stuff like that.
1: I was going to say, is that because you're becoming more food focused? Yeah. I because think I think so. when when you're dieting, you do naturally go, right, okay, next meal, next meal, next meal. And because that's on your mind from the end of meal one and obviously just natural hunger signals anyway, mm-hmm. when they start kicking in. Um, so like you said, sometimes you have to be more mindful to... To take some of the focus away from food and yeah. just become more kind of like okay well i'm going to do this in between my meals and i'm not going to be thinking about right when's the next meal how long have i got to wait right two and a half hours or three hours right okay how long three. now oh, all right two hours 25 yeah. <laughs> you, just, you do don't you uh, and, I,
0: and i've tried not to do that purposefully i think one of the other things that's happened recently as well is i've maybe allowed myself a little bit more food variety um i've kind of given in to a little bit of temptation and had like i don't know within my calories obviously with my calories so I've certainly not gone over my calories or binged anyway but I've allowed some of the calories maybe to have as some um, I had a Reese's cup the other day and I don't know I can't remember what it was but I've had a couple of things where maybe the first two or three weeks I was basically having three meals and a protein shake and I I wasn't really having anything you would consider kind of flexible mm-hmm. um whereas the last week I have had a few more flexible treats in air quotes and I think yeah. that I don't think that's helped I genuinely don't yeah, yeah yeah I think like I would it would it would probably be more beneficial if I went back to not doing it, it, it I, I I had this conversation with a client of mine last week around um in her update and a checking update but around this like tightrope it's almost like a tightrope because obviously we know the evidence out there in terms of flexible dieting versus kind of more restraint um or flexible restraint versus kind of like linear restraint so basically being flexible in your choices but still showing restriction around like calories and stuff that has a way more positive and successful outcome in the evidence base than just basically trying to deny yourself everything now there is also evidence around food variety and hyper palatability and how that might not be best for adherence so they almost contradict each other does that make sense? So, yeah, yeah. Kind of, so kind of like it, that. It almost creates this type, type rope. And This is the conversation I had with my client. It, it creates this tightrope where you almost have to right, try and reduce food variety as much as you can, but not to the point where you feel like you're uber restricted constantly. And that does that is a really difficult tightrope to walk sometimes because, like, well, how much can you have, or how much can you not have before? you know having too much flexible food does mean you start to crave more and start to then struggle with adherence more as opposed to how little do you have before you really feel like oh i'm so restrictive and i just i want to binge on everything because you've kind of got this restrictive mentality and it just creates binge um like guilt and restrict cycles again so it's a really really hard place to be sometimes
1: I think it's so individual as well because I think it definitely depends on the, the personality of the person. Because some people have to uh, be restricted to feel as though they're on a diet and to kind of get the best out of it. And like i said, if they have a, one little bit, then they have to have the whole pack or everything. And um, and then other people they, they they need that variety. Otherwise, they struggle too much. Um, uh yeah so it, it, it is a funny one and i think sometimes when you just like dip in and out and if you can do that and you can have a little bit of something and go right okay yeah that was nice you know i'm not going to think about it anymore um i suppose it depends on also the reason why you're having those bits as well like if you're really really craving chocolate so you have a bit of chocolate there's a higher chance i think of you then going and having even more chocolate or that's the only thing you're focusing on Whereas if you just have it through, you know, somebody's giving you something or you're at work and they've, they've dished out the cake, so you've had a little slither just to kind of join in, you kind of go, okay, yeah, yeah I have had it. Um, and, and you're probably better with that than whereas if you're like, it's your main focus, yeah, I've got to get through till Friday so I can have a Reese's cup or whatever. And, um, and that's your main focus. And then you have it on Friday. Oh, God, that was so nice. Oh, I've got to wait till next Friday so I can have it again. Um, and that's where I think you're more likely to um, fall down
0: yeah i do think it is individualized Mm. or or, or, or say individualized i think obviously the general um merits or 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 kind of like the evidence base applies generally generically but yeah i think obviously everyone's going to have slight differences in their preferences as you said in terms of and that that just comes down to like knowing yourself or if you're you know if you're a coach knowing your client like knowing where they are
1: Um, i think also like every diet you can do is different because how many times have you dieted and how many different approaches have you had yes alright well, <laughs> the I think... approach of being in a calorie deficit is always going to be the same but sometimes like, I bet if you go back two or three years I bet you were way way more flexible than what you're being now whereas well, now you're just like okay I want to fill myself up, oh, I want to get lots of energy I've only,
0: I've only had one diet and that's lasted my entire adult life so but like mini cuts no, I'm joking and... I'm joking hell, you know, you know what I mean. yeah no no I was just making a joke because everyone thinks he's always dieting um, no no absolutely i, I would I, I think i said this either one of the updates i did or maybe yeah it must have been after the experiment but one of the updates i did in the last few weeks where i said my approach this time in ter- especially with the food variety part and the food thing has been massively different so you are right i would have always been there's a couple of things i'd always been very flexible so i would have always allow myself far more foods because i kind of was in the camp of that restriction breeds binge like behavior and guilt and that type of stuff so like you know the kind of like the forbidden fruit kind of effect mm. um you know it's forbidden I desperately want it that so I'd allow myself some um and that I think did help me a lot of the time with adherence I think it did help um but I didn't realize that actually that was wasn't the only way and I think like what I've done now with this diet is I've you know I have purposely reduced it and I think it has helped I generally do think it's helped a lot more I think it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to be like, well, that's the way I'm going to be forever now, because like I said I have allowed myself a few more um, palatable and, and a, bit, a bit more food variety. And although I did say, you know, it maybe might be some of the cause of why I've had a bit more food focus, I don't necessarily feel that's either 100%, I'm going to say accurate. I can't 100% say that's definitely the case. And it also doesn't mean that that's going to apply to me all the time. As in, you know, mm-hmm. it might be like right for me next week to have something like that because it, it, yeah, it yeah, suits the situation yeah. almost. You know, it's not going to be like, oh yeah, you either one or the other all the time. Um, the other thing, the change that I'd made as well, which might be interesting to say, I was always a hoarder. I was always very much a, I know me, I, I know myself very well, and I know that I must have a billion calories at nighttime. Otherwise, I'm never going to stick to my diet, and I need to make I can starve during the day and basically have loads at nighttime. And again, this is very much changed. So I now w- have way more of my calories. Uh, uh, yeah, I said a billion. I might have exaggerated a little bit. Just a little bit there. Just, just
1: a bit. <laughs> um, but
0: I definitely have way more calories now, more front-loaded during the day. Mm-hmm. So I okay. actually, I can, I'm now feeling actually I don't need to sit there and have... Because be honest, when I was dieting, I remember that there's been p- p- points dieted on, I don't know, 2,000, 2,300 calories or something. And I might eat 1,000 calories in three meals during the day and then have literally like 12 and a cake before I go to bed.
1: Like, yeah. I, I think it was a bit trendy to do that for a while as well.
0: There's definitely an element of um, doing it for the gram. There's yeah, definitely an element I, of that.
1: Yeah. But, but,
0: but also I did, I used to genuinely believe that that's what kept me adhering to diet, having mm. something to look forward to at the end of the night. And I guess there is something to that. And maybe at the time that was right for me, but now I realize that actually I, as I say, I can eat three meals a day and, I just have a protein shake before bed and if I follow some of the other things like just try not to be too food food focused, sorry. Um and try not to kind of like have loads of food variety which that might increase cravings and stuff, it does make it easy for me to go to bed without having a massive fucking flex bowl, two Reese's bars and a you
1: know, Yeah, a yeah. And, and the fact that you were just eating loads of shit then as well. Um or sorry, uh low calorie uh, sorry, high calorie, low volume food. Um <laughs> the fact that you're having a lot of that sort of stuff as well, that could you know throw up a few other questions and stuff like that. But I think also it depends on where you're at within the diet as well. So like if I think back to um when I dieted for the competition a few years ago and so I went from being oh, whatever I was like eighty four kilos all the way down to seventy four kilos. So it was only ten kilos off. But I went from being very comfortable and maintaining my weight, um, kind of roughly where I've pretty much always maintained my weight, down to somewhere which was you know, very, very far extreme. And what I was doing, my approach, and how I managed things was completely different um, throughout the whole of that process. And I dieted for uh, probably nine or ten months, something like that, um, just slowly chipping away, chipping away. Then I maintained for a while, and then I just chipped away a bit more. And the last month my approach was definitely very different compared to the first few months where I was a lot more comfortable my body was going yeah okay we'll deal with this but then when you get down to the point where you're literally starving yourself to get those last few ounces of fat off um you kind of have to change your approach to make sure your training's okay and and all this sort of stuff so like you were saying then may your approach change next week well yeah it may well do um maybe not next week but maybe in a, a few weeks time when you're leaner your body signals are slightly different and you're feeling different things your training starting to suffer you may start front loading even more or you may you know if, if it's a case of in the evenings you're really struggling then you may end up hoarding a few more calories so i think it, it can it can really depend on where you're, where you're at as well
0: and i think it's probably a good idea to make sure you Tell you not tell yourself. You believe that you don't have to have the same approach. Like if you're exactly. if you're a person dieting now, realize that you're gonna have phases of where your calorie amounts change. You have phases where your macros might change. You might have phases where your actual strategy and the things you've just said might change. And it's, it's like just be flexible or fluid in that because I think it will help in the long run. Rather than thinking no, this is where it's supposed to be done, and, and therefore that's the way I'm gonna do it. Because obviously when that then inevitably can't happen in the same way like the reason we would talk about flexible diet being so key is even if you your 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 type of approach if you can't do that that week you might just give in which is mm-hmm. you know you you made a joke ad at the start of this podcast around oh people just keep doing the same things at ah, slimming world you know that's maybe why because people have the strategy of slimming world but when they can't use that strategy of slimming world because maybe they want to eat out and they don't know how to count sins they then just give in and that's that's kind of a, a crude but a typical example of, like, you know, being fluid with your strategy rather than kind of thinking, like, I have to pick one way and that's the only way.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it may not just be different periods of the diet, but it may just be different days, like, if you're going out or something. Like you say, you may just end up throwing in the towel and going, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to eat whatever I like today. Um because i'm going out and i can't track it or i can't do this than this whereas if you then change your approach for that week or for that day then you can accommodate it and still make progress or at worst maintain for that day or that week and then you kind of carry on the next week um yeah
0: full show brother so anyway i am i think 12 pounds down in total ish on average um and most as i say i think something like 10 11 like, that was in the first three weeks so, yeah it's really really good so yeah. i mean i'm very happy with that but i do i do know a lot of that was superficial from the first lot because obviously super bulk and all that shit or dream of bulk
1: do That's you good. do you feel feel different i know you said that you kind of like hunger signals and stuff are coming back and stuff would you kind of feel different in yourself Are you a bit less jiggly or anything oh, like phys- that
0: physically massively different um yeah already like even i suppose 12 pounds of reasonable amount it's not a small amount of weight is it i guess like nearly a stone mm, so yeah you'd expect some kind of form of physique but i think yeah massively different um even if it is just water a lot of that is water weight which it will be i think just not holding on to that water again immediately makes me physically look better so i've got i think some abs are coming back just uh, so
1: must be must be the it makes i didn't see anything <laughs>
0: to be fair i have got this ring thing here this that instagram light thing which obviously filters out it's supposed to make me look all clean and makes my complexion look better um
1: because we record this because uh, we record audience. this no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's just so i don't have to
0: have the kitchen light on so it doesn't shine off my bald head
1: um <laughs> <State my eyes. laughs> i'll tell you one
0: other other physical thing i've noticed which is less about aesthetics but um this week in the office uh i have been cold and i was like four weeks into a diet and already i'm feeling cold well, that is mad
1: so are we making budget cuts and then turn the heating off <laughs>
0: <laughs> well obviously it's an air-conditioned building but it's set at, like a set temperature but everyone else around me saying they feel fine and i'm sitting there going genuinely my hands are freezing and i feel like i need a hot cup to put my hands around And i'm like i'm only four weeks in i'm not even particularly low body fat how am i yeah. already feeling freezing and i would never usually sit in the office with a jumper on
1: but it's funny you say that because the last mm, two or three weeks um i've been getting into bed normally i'm like always warm um and alex is normally the cold one and she's like an ice cube like laying next to me or whatever and that that's generally the case for blokes tend to be warmer females tend to be cooler um and uh, hot blooded hot blooded well, just i was gonna, you were gonna say hot stuff then well, no. well you know um and uh the last probably week maybe two weeks got into bed and she's gone jesus your hands are so cold or whatever and yeah so for yeah I, I wouldn't say i've lost any weight in the last week or so um yeah cause i've reduced i've, I've not been stacking in the evenings i've not been drinking as much um but nothing's really changed uh um, so, <laughs> so i'll have to take a more of a um i'm probably just replacing those calories elsewhere in the day actually no, um no. But yeah so okay, uh I, I would say fundamentally,
0: fundamentally right if you just stuck to kind of General nutritional principles of high protein, high fiber, high, high micro and micronutrients. Um, obviously, low amounts of junk food and hyperpalatable stuff, and then just kind of snacking. Like, yeah,
1: oh, such a big one. Yeah. All of a
0: sudden, that'd be like, whoa! You know, you're eating three, you know, by default high food volume meals a day, and then which obviously is then going to be like reasonably low calorie. And then if you don't snack in between, it's like whoa. I'm in a deficit brilliant
1: yeah. yeah so easily just by making a few small changes and um, yeah sometimes cutting out chocolate isn't going to be the way because you then replace it with something else throughout the rest of the day or whatever so yeah, yeah. this uh, is what I mean
0: yeah. like the whole snacking thing Like almost just I'm not sure I
1: understand i'm I'm not sure i understand i'm telling you fucking siri (laughs) don't snack you you fucking messing up siri you'll understand (laughs) Um, anyway
0: that feels like it's really off-putting but maybe a really good time to get onto today's content (laughs) (laughs) 27 minutes later fucking hell
1: sorry tom tom likes it tom Uh, Tom uh, does
0: like when he gets a little shout though It makes him feel really famous
1: uh yeah, yeah, podcast famous well, it's just Tom that listens. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> oh, say Jack, go famous
0: to like him, uh Jack, yeah, uh both our mums. And obviously and like, yeah. And to be fair, Ben don't even listen anymore, so <laughs> does he not? Probably not. He hasn't said anything about it for ages, so um
1: yeah. Right. Never mind. And, Jan- and Janet as well.
0: And Janet. Um no, oh, was Margaret, isn't it? I was gonna about to do a little Britain skit then of Janet, have you got any pirate memory games? And I realised that was Margaret, not Janet. Um, Margaret, Margaret! Margaret So today, Edward, we yeah. are talking about nutrition for injuries. Cause we realised we hadn't actually done that before.
1: Mm. So, and outrageous. it felt quite topical because I got injured yesterday. So um... Yes, yeah, so you haven't explained to me how that's happened though. I'm assuming it's do a hockey. <laughs> um I'm not yeah, yeah, I'm not too sure how it happened um, so the guy was running down the wing I don't,
0: don't need a life story mate just tell me what happened
1: yeah. came up behind him and I oh, went yeah, to I run past him and uh, <laughs> as I ran past him I jabbed for the ball took the ball and then the next step now this is all a bit of a blur in the next step I managed to take him out and me out and he was a, he was a, a heavier set of gentleman he wasn't like a you know, chunker or anything but he was, he was heavier than me
0: he um, had more gains than
1: you more gains than me yeah exactly um and he uh he must have ended up on top of me or something i, I mean i don't know how these things happen sometimes oh we slipped sorry officer uh, <laughs> and, um, i ended up twisting i felt my ankle go so i ended up twisting my ankle i must have somehow twisted my knee and pulled my calf all in the same step um and then i've got a bruise on the other knee so must have come down quite hard with him on top of me. Um, I bet you did. <laughs> I, uh, na- yeah. Now
0: I feel like the Schofield intro is very relevant. <laughs> yeah. Very, very relevant.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and I managed to play. There was only about five minutes left, so I managed to kind of like hobble around for the last five minutes and uh, I played on. But you ought to be uh, ca- you want
0: to be careful that you haven't done more damage. This is the. Ca- sounds like the ty- type of story that I could probably give for two thousand and nine ACL reconstruction. I had to have.
1: Well, this this is slightly the worry, but it has eased off a lot today. So it mm-hmm. went a bit stiff last night in bed. I bet rest- it did.
0: In bed as well. Fucking <laughs> stop coming out with them. Keep going, keep going, lads, lads, lads.
1: Um, but today it's uh, it's softened up nicely. Uh, <laughs> um, no, so I've I've, I've I've just rested all day. and oh, just, bed, All so. I'm
0: saying is be careful because... As I say, I uh, I had that happen and I thought, yeah, it'd be all right. And I played football for another month afterwards, but every game was just not good until one day yeah. it just suddenly went snap. And I was like, oh, shit. I yeah, think I've yeah. just broken my leg.
1: Oh. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, so. it, felt,
0: it felt like I broke my leg. It sounded like I broke my leg. And when I looked down, I was expecting to see my leg in two bits, as in, you know, like <laughs> the, the shin like completely snapped on. But it wasn't. I was like, well, what actually happened then? And then we went to the hospital officer said, oh, yes, yeah, you've, sure. you've just yeah. fucked your ACL up. It's completely gone.
1: Yeah. So, Is it it's cool. one. Like basically if I, if I if i flex my calf well contract the calf so to say sorry uh that's a little bit sore and then if i twist my leg in certain directions then that's a bit sore but um uh, it's eased off loads today so fingers crossed i'll be by the end of the week i'll be fine then um, well, yeah. i hope you're right okay so yeah, um same.
0: let's explain what might potentially be happening in your ankle slash knee then so um i guess we would probably be good to say basically what the kind of like recovery stage of your body is and then therefore we can relate it to how can you maybe affect this with what you eat or supplement with sound good sounds good to me so um people might know this we're also probably going to butcher this very very poorly po- butcher it poorly is that even a thing butcher it well is that like, uh, an oxi- is that like a double negative butcher it poorly?
1: yeah i think it, yeah
0: yeah um or i could have just said we'll probably butcher this Butch yeah, just butcher yeah. it. We butcher this because, um, obviously, we are not um
1: well, physios, physios, um, doctors, doctors, clinicians. Um, yeah, we're I just shooting the dark. We're yeah. a bit like Karen right now, aren't we? We're just spreading vicious rumours. A little
0: bit, but <laughs> I do think there's some element in, of truth. We're just obviously not doing it a very good you know, or do a very good job of it or do it very much justice. But anyway, so usually with injuries, the first stage is called the inflammation stage, right? So that's. Now, all...
1: Funnily enough, I have. Zero visible inflammation.
0: Visible, so visible. You, you now no longer have any pain, swelling, redness, um, or, or any heat coming from the area, right?
1: A little bit of pain, that's it. Okay,
0: a little bit of pain. Okay. Now the reason for this inflammation stage is because it basically draws healing chemicals to the injured area. It's mm-hmm. Very, very, very high level, you know. But as this you say, is, we yeah. don't, we can't really say much more because I don't
1: <laughs> actually know.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> But that's that's basically, you can relate this to basically weightlifting as well. You know, like the soreness uh, and the um, yeah, the acute inflammation you get from uh, lifting weights or any form of exercise really um, is purposeful because that inflammation is actually part of the healing process and part of the adaptation process. So you do actually want that. So obviously, this inflammation is good in its in its acute stages. Now, inflammation comes a bit of a problem when it's a bit more chronic. Um, and this goes for many types of information, not just information related to injury. But that's all we are going to focus on today because, um, information is such a bloody interesting topic, and I actually want an expert to come on and talk about it. Um, that'd
1: be cool, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, I've been chatting, and we might, although they're not experts by their own self-mission, but we were going to have Rab and Richie Kerwin, so Rabin. The Daz man and uh, Richie, the health scientist Kerwin, both go on and maybe talk about information, but I think they both said they wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable because it's a complex area. However, yeah. if they don't, we'll get someone else on that is an expert. Um, but the second stage of this, so after information, is the pl- proliferation proliferation stage, which is basically where like this healing chemicals and they, they they kind of obviously come to the area and then they removed or help remove like damaged tissues. Um, obviously give a new blood supply or, or like promote blood supply. And then they build temporary tissues. That's the second stage proliferation. Um, and then the third stage is remodeling where it's kind of like exactly as it's explained, really remodeled new, more permanent, stronger um, tissue there to replace the temporary tissue. So a bit like when you break your you, you know break a leg or, or whatever, you, you kind of get new, softer bone Obviously, kind of develops and then that hardens over time. That's a bit like the remodeling stage. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. kind of like your three stages that are very high level, basic, and probably completely butchered by us in terms of how injury recovery works.
1: Yeah, and like you say, that that carries over then to weightlifting. You sort of t- micro tear the muscle. You get slight swelling sometimes, but it's going to be that minute. You, you're not going to, it's not going to be visible. You might get a bit swollen, but that's more blood accumulation. Um, yeah, and then the proliferation pro pro it's
0: pretty hard word isn't it? proliferation, <laughs>
1: proliferation, yeah. proliferation tongue tied there. Um, yeah, so that's the kind of things that are, that are going on that you're not really seeing, and then with the remodeling. Um, that's when they say, Oh yeah, you've got to tear your muscles to grow them back stronger. Yeah, it's the same same sort of thing, but that's just obviously a lot more layman's way of putting it. So um yeah, so it can happen for bones, ligaments, tendons, uh, muscles, the whole lot. Yeah. Really.
0: I, I think the whole micro tear, tissue tear thing is more of a hypothesis than anything, but we're not gonna go into that again because yeah, we don't yeah. really know. The the idea is you know, you do something to work your muscles and then it kind of comes back stronger. That's Yeah,
1: this, this, and this all happen and then um, that happens.
0: Anyway, so um obviously I did also already mention that inflammation is critical to like the repair process. So acutely the information is not a bad thing. People hear information, and go, oh my God, that's terrible. Should we never want information. Well, actually, it's, it's not true. Information is important in many processes. As I say, yeah. it's kind of the chronic thing, which is more of a problem. Um, so as you say, do need some, but if you have, do have too much, then there can be some additional damage caused by this inflammation. So it's kind of like you need some information to help the repair process, but you don't want to leave it I don't I don't think I can use the word untreated but I can't think of a better one but basically you don't want to let it get too, too carried away and there might be some nutritional things you can do which might help reduce inflammation and maybe speed up the recovery process
1: So touching on that quickly, I suppose, the inflammation part, it, it can also be a sign of other things going on as well. So if you get very, very fast inflammation and very, very swollen, kind of very big, um, then it's probably a telltale sign that there's some serious damage gone on as well. Pass. Instead of like by the by the evening it's sort of swollen a little bit and then it eases off. Yeah. Um and if, then
0: yeah. No
1: gone. Sorry. I was gonna I was say laughing. and then if you have it longer term then there could be again it's it's a telltale sign that things aren't healing very well again that you probably need to get it looked at um, I got hit around the knee with a hockey stick many years ago and uh, my knee was literally double the size, size of the other one by the, the end of the evening and um, the next day I went to A&E and they had to drain my knee because of the excess fluid that was in there and Lovely. he said the, the record that he knew of for a need to be drained was about two hundred and forty mil of liquid and I drained two hundred and thirty mil. So I was I was doing well. <laughs> and this was a big old syringe. When he when he brought it out I was like Ooh, please no. So, <laughs> so yeah.
0: Um so anyway, yeah, just I, I thought it was also worth caveating that we are obviously again we're talking about injury specific stuff and we're talking about anti inflammatory stuff. Um we're not talking necessarily for training, um, kind of inflammatory response we refer to through training, or any other type of inflammatory response through diet and whatever else. So basically, you are not talking about oh, you're eating too much junk food, man. You're, you know, you're really you know inflammatory foods. No, we're not really necessarily talking about that. But um, cool, right? So one thing you might be able to do to help this, you know, recovery process and and basically try and stave off too much inflammation is eat some anti-inflammatory foods. Have got any ideas, some examples of anti-inflammatory foods?
1: So the big one is uh, oily fishes. That's one that you kind of hear of a lot. Um, have you stinky oily fish? And um, yeah, it'll, yeah, it'll help. It'll help.
0: Yeah. Well, but, I, suppose, I suppose like you could almost just expand that to like a Mediterranean style diet is generally considered quite anti-inflammatory.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, absolutely.
0: So your olive oils, your yeah, like mackerels, sardines, salmons. Your nuts, nuts, and seeds, yeah, yeah, avocados, and those types of things. Um, that can be that is obviously considered an anti inflammatory diet, might help with obviously many other health functions and facets as well, but um, it might help with reducing some inflammation. You also might want to avoid eating, you know, I've said about I, I did say a minute ago, we're not going to talk about necessarily like pro inflammatory foods for like general information but when we're talking specifically for injury management, um. You know, it might be relevant to say, like maybe less pro-inflammatory things, like junk food.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, trans the you old know, trans fats. And not fats. that you'd find a lot of that in a in a decent unless you're buying a lot of like frozen, really crappy quality meats. um you, You're not going to find a loss of trans fats in Britain.
0: Not, not, not in the UK, no. But in America, if you're an American listener, America. which we do have some American listeners then they may obviously have far more trans fats than their foods we we obviously, it's, the trans fats are taken out of the um, what am I looking for? system, not system mm-hmm, taken out of the, yeah, system basically in the UK we don't have many, if any yeah, Other than yeah. what's naturally found in animal foods, but you know, they're in such small amounts that so you shouldn't
1: really, yeah. Worry about it. And they'll yeah. never be listed on the back of a packet as trans fats as well. There'll just be a bit of a, a gap in the maths if you start yes. adding up the calories from things. So.
0: Um, and for those that don't know, trans fats are generally hydrogenated vegetable oil, so um, you know, too, which is obviously just stuck in junk foods to help shelf life and it's cheap, mm. and fitless, yeah, so. yeah. Um, anyway, by the bye, so um, there's some things you can do eat more pro sorry, eat more anti inflammatory foods and reduce your pro inflammatory foods, they might help.
1: So and if it, you if you wanted to supplement and you were worried about your calorie content or all that sort of things, maybe you were dieting or stuff. And obviously, all these foods like you're not going to go start drinking bottles of olive oil and eating loads of mackerel and snacking on bags of nuts because that would be really high calorie. So you could always just supplement with the fish oil instead. Um, so
0: yeah, yeah, that will help definitely. Um, yeah. So. Some of the things you might do. I don't know if we've gone a bit arse about face really the way we've done this, but we'll we'll carry on this. Ref, we'll come back because basically we actually talked about general nutrition. We've kind of talked more about things like specifics, but um, we'll do it anyway. So one other thing that we kind of looked into. So I went on examine.com and looked through some of the other types of foods or supplements that might help uh, reduce inflammation. And to be honest, there ain't many. Um, not that many with actual evidence behind it. Anyway, so. Um, one thing it did have though, curcumin, um, which obviously you get from turmeric or curry powder. So that might be worth supplementing with. There was some reasonable amount of studies on there which showed, you know, some actual effect. Um I think most of these things are gonna be minor. You know, you these aren't gonna be what night and day type of, of things. You're not gonna suddenly take on say, Oh my god, it's the most amazing thing in the world. But if, if you really <laughs> yeah. want to do everything possible, then these are the types of things you might just think I'll consider doing. But um and obviously and-
1: i was gonna say and just sprinkling a little bit on your food uh when you're making your food it's not going to make a difference we're talking sort of like seven tablespoons you're not (laughs) going to be yeah
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah or seven teaspoons yeah i don't think you're going to be putting it on your food um you might stick it in a curry maybe i think i don't even know seven teaspoons might be a bit too much to cope with i don't know i think you're more likely going to be uh drinking that in a uh, I don't know how you, how you, I think you obviously know it, like turmeric ta- t- t- juice or like shots you know
1: or, tablets you can get you um, get them from Holland and Barrett yeah I'm yeah. sure I've got some somewhere um, yeah, I bet when <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, I uh, I remember hearing about this and you know yeah turmeric's really good and all this and so like way back in the day I went and bought some from Holland and Barrett and probably spent a ridiculous really amount of money on them um, and then maybe had one and, and that was it yeah, um, yeah and yeah uh, I think I think I did it for, for for gut health because everybody knows so much about gut health and uh, yeah it was one of those but no you can get it in a just a capsule um, I'm not sure on the um, the dosage of these uh, these capsules but yes yeah, that's that's how you do your turmeric would yeah. be capsules well,
0: according to examine.com, it was uh, oh my god I haven't got in front of them anymore sorry I've moved on to another page it was a lot it was something like you know many many many
1: many 400, 600
0: milligrams okay. we will go with that um so zinc was another one but i think most of the research there that showed re- reduction in inflammation was people that was were people that were deficient um mm. which is often also the case for other things with zinc so you obviously hear people talk about oh i i take zinc or Z- zma zinc magnesium um for uh help my sleep but again the evidence behind those are people that are actually deficient in zinc and magnesium not people that aren't deficient so it yeah. might be a waste of money if you're, if you're not deficient um and to be honest that was about it there was there was some recommendation from bromelain which you find in pineapple again which shows some minor effect on information so a couple of cups of pineapple a day which i think does align with one thing ed says some of these things you need to consider well am i going to be eating i mean a couple of cups of pineapple um might be 100 calories and for some people that might be too much to consider just to try and reduce information so
1: yeah, so finding the supplement version if you can. Um it should be like an extract of it in a dry form or whatever. Um yeah. But if you if you start doing all these things, you start glugging back the olive oil, you're eating mackerel every meal, then you start smashing back, you know, teaspoon after teaspoon of turmeric and eating a whole pineapple every day, it's it's not gonna give you a lot of room for, for anything else.
0: Nice. So other than that, there, is, there are no special supplements to basically improve recovery. Like we did look into collagen, but I'll be honest, again, there was like little to no evidence around actual injury um, recovery um, or even injury injury prevention like a lot of people might seem to claim. But there was no evidence that I could see. Now, if people obviously know otherwise, but looking through examine.com and, and some of the scholar articles, I couldn't find anything for, for collagen and in, inside of tissue repair or... or um, what did I just say? Not repair. What's the opposite? Fuck, it's, why do I always struggle on a Sunday night? I need to take more creatine or more collagen or something that might affect my brain. The,
1: the remodeling?
0: No, 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 no. no, no. Um, don't worry. It doesn't matter.
1: Important things. Important things. <laughs> but, um,
0: yeah. It's, essentially, you kind of just are then left with, you know, out outside of those anti-inflammatory stuff. Kind of, right, well... Uh, doesn't really leave me a lot of specific to take for injury recovery so it kind of comes down to like the basics of nutrition so basically energy intake is going to be like your first priority because you don't really want to be in a calorie deficit when you're um certainly if muscle mass and, and and kind of like also like i suppose the actual recovery and repair of tissue as well um you don't want to be in a calorie deficit while that's happening so a lot of people might think shit i am injured now i can't train as much i need to obviously reduce the amount i'm eating to, to make up for it which is true to a certain extent but you don't want to be reducing it so much that you're in you know, you know you're know, you effectively dieting through it because one it's not going to help improve recovery it's going to actually dent or, or you know attenuate recovery what it's also going to do is put you at more risk of loss of muscle mass because when you're sedentary you're then you know potentially eating less protein um you're going to certainly be less um sensitive to like muscle protein synthesis through leucine and stuff like that so it just basically creates this condition where you're at more risk of losing muscle mass so which you don't really want when you're injured you don't want to like, yeah, be losing uh, your gains
1: exactly exactly especially like if a particular muscle is mobilized and you're not moving it so say so you do break a leg or something um you know say you're on crutches and so you're not putting weight on it things like that you've got to be really careful so, yeah, having a decent protein intake is massively going to help with that. Um, if you're already consuming, you know, anywhere upwards of two grams per kilo, um, then you're probably not going to need to increase it. But if you are somebody who is not really consuming a lot, maybe 100 grams of protein a day, something like that, then, yeah, you might want to look at, up at increasing it. Um, on the flip side of what you just said as well, if you are say bed bound or you're not as active so say if you're used to doing twelve thousand steps a day but then all of a sudden you you twist your knee and you're doing you know a few hundred or a thousand steps a day you're going to be burning less calories as well if you're not as active so you have to be wary of that if you're not wanting to gain weight and just being wary right okay well i might need to just chop 100 or 200 calories off off what i'm eating just to try and um bring it in line with with my activity levels as well
0: yeah that's what i did say at the start i said obviously you are going to be burning less calories if you're not mm. inactive yeah, but yeah. You, you obviously like the point i made is that you do want to make sure that you're then not in a calorie deficit because you've chopped your calories down so far um yeah you, you don't know, edit too much yeah. yeah i mean obviously there is some some evidence or research i think that shows obviously metabolism can also increase when you're injured because of the healing process so you might mm-hmm. need more calories to f- fuel that like, healing process so it might yeah. be more than what you would be if you're sedentary but it doesn't Obviously, like you say, mean that it's just you know, go all out and just eat loads because you inevitably might put on body fat that you then don't want to. But oh, if you're not bothered by that, then maybe that's the best way to go because it will. And if, if your priority is just literally to recover from this injury, then you know eating more is going to be better than eating less because it's going to attribute to recovery better than it would be eating less and potentially being in deficit.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to yeah. eat like an absolute fat bastard this week and uh, all the protein, all the food and uh, all the if fish oils
0: if that's your priority
1: um, <laughs> so, that's, the, that's the excuse I'm using <laughs> yeah.
0: and I think the thing is other, other than energy intake so basically making sure you're not in a deficit and eating adequate protein it's not a lot more you can do because the rest of it, what we would kind of recommend is what you should be doing anyway in terms of having like a balanced amount of dietary fat from a mix of different um, fatty acids so obviously a good mix of saturated monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fats um, and then just loads of fruits and vegetables but you know, whether you're injured or not, we'd be telling you that anyway.
1: yeah, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's nothing too magic, nothing too special. Um, and then obviously doing any, if you've been given rehab to do by a physio, make sure you actually do it. That's the biggest bugbear, I think for a lot of physios is nobody ever does the rehab that they give them. And it will help. And make sure you rest as well. Don't go back to things, things too soon. Um, you see that a lot, especially like team sport and stuff. You see it with professional, professional sports. They rush them back so, so quick um you know somebody can snap a leg and then they're playing again like eight weeks later you're like what <laughs> so um but uh yeah so it's just it's just being smart being careful and stuff as well and it depends on the severity of your injury as well if you've got a little bruise you know don't worry about it but if you have full-on like doing yourself in then yeah take take precautions
0: cool i think um prevention is the word i was looking for earlier so instead oh. of rehabilitation but prevention i was trying to think of the word prevention and i couldn't think of it i don't know why but yeah i think okay. uh, i don't i don't and I, I probably need to do more research in this to be honest but i don't know if there's really much evidence in nutrition for injury prevention um i would say a lot more to, of that is to do with your things like training um basically like a good training plan whatever modality that is in terms of like what is your sport or what is your actual training for etc but basically not not over you know kind of relevant warm-ups um usual type of stuff you'd expect really to, to basically not get injured um sleep is also a big factor as well in terms of and obviously this is the same for recovery as well like sleep is hugely important to maximize your recovery on anything in terms of training but also obviously injury um, rehabilitation as well but there's also some really I think I'm sure and I haven't read this so I'm kind of parroting or repeating this from someone else but I've heard as well that there is some research showing around how uh, quality of sleep does um, correlate with kind of like or, or occurrences of injuries so basically like I think the studies were done on like para athletes that had like fucking grueling schedules it might be NBA players and then um, obviously they're like travelling one side of the country sometimes from one day to the next and stuff and like having games every other day and those obviously people that are getting like terrible sleep because you know they can't on those types of schedules they just can't get very good sleep they do have higher rates of like injuries than than lots of other types and i guess there is also lots of confounded things like types of sports and stuff um like american football players and stuff gonna get a shit ton of injuries rugby players are gonna get a shit ton of injuries because obviously just the nature of the sport but um yeah i think just you know what we can do is make sure that we sleep as gen pop and not athletes sleep as well as we can because we shouldn't really have those kind of like or most of us wouldn't have those kind like, of um, scheduling problems or scheduling needs unless you're like a night worker and stuff. and You know, you work. we got kids. Or you've got kids. But, you know, you do what you can, basically, is what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, it, it surprised me how much, well, how regularly American, the American sports, the made-up ones like baseball, basketball, American football... Um, how regularly they actually play it's literally like every few days they have a game
0: it's basketball crazy. especially yeah basketball's mad like you could they, i think i can't call it in the season but it works out something like one every three days or one every yeah. like, between two and three days
1: because like, i know well as i was say when i know when i worked in the states um they used to read out for the kids the sports news in the morning and they used to read out all the scores and stuff because like they got really no sort of uh, communication to the outside world so and every single night there was sport on but it was the same sports and it's a lot of like football where you have maybe a Friday night game Saturday, Sunday and then they might have a Wednesday game if there's a cup on or something um, but it tends to be different players playing in there you, you don't always get the same players playing kind of you know those both games um, every week anyway and uh, yeah so it was just crazy how how regularly they play and then if you've got your training and travel on top of that as well it's bonkers
0: well obviously you have to periodize stuff as best they can but like i say the schedules of traveling just must take it out of you so bad Mm, yeah Um, you you, like if you're not perfect in every other aspect you're obviously going to be at such high risk of things like injuries and overtraining and just generally not being up to perform at your best or your par so yeah definitely um i think I don't have much more to add. Um, as boring as it is, so we've basically just just to recap. We've basically told people that don't eat in a calorie deficit. You know, maintenance or or a surplus would be ideal for to enhance recovery. Adequate protein, um, and then your usual. You know, plenty of fruits and vegetables. Get your micronutrients and your phytonutrients in because obviously you don't want to be deficient in them because it might affect the thing. Get plenty of sleep. Um, and then, yeah, just maybe eat some some anti-inflammatory foods and try and reduce the pro- pro-inflammatory foods. Mm. That's about. We'll take, we'll take a fish oil.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: that's about it. So, well, that's a uh, a good way to round up a hour's podcast. Uh, just, with three seconds of info before you do.
0: <laughs> before you do, actually, just finish or round up my roundup. Um, when you say take a fish oil, I think people probably need to understand that they probably need to take quite a lot of fish oils. Like taking a one gram capsule that you bought at Tesca's is probably not going to do it.
1: Yeah, get it, get it. If you
0: want dosage, go to uh, examine.com. You probably need to be taking upwards of three, five, six, maybe grams a day of high strength fish oil. So, you, I mean, the the grams of fish oil is not really what you're after. It's the um, EPA and DHA that's in them, in them, which is basically what you're actually trying to get, not the actual fish oil themselves. Um,
1: Yeah, if you're buying a cheap sort of fisherman's friend or whatever they're called, uh, boots. They're lozenges you idiot. No, what's the... A what's the fish, a fisherman's
0: what's the fish oil? Fisherman's friend. is a lozenge. Is the, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. What's the? There's a fish oil, fisherman's something or other as well, isn't there? I don't know. But basically, if it's you know if it's cheap, real generic, it's probably not going to be that great, not that not that strong. Um, yeah, go to somewhere like Bulk Powders and get you know a decent high strength one. Um, I, I
0: I recommend Promegas from Bulk Powder um, that are high strength and they also have uh, a very high amount of vitamin D in them as well
1: okay so two in one double one. But, but they oh, yeah. are like
0: they are like well if you pay full price which you normally get 40% off but at full price there's something like 19 quid for 30, for a month's worth oh
1: so yeah if you can get them discounted happy days yeah
0: so it's quite a lot but yeah you normally get 40% off but I, that's what I buy anyway because obviously it gets both my vitamin D and my fish oils in one go bang Boom. it Right, we're not going to do... Vitamin
1: D didn't come up on any of that, actually.
0: No, me too. But I guess. And you know, anything
1: that I read through didn't say at all. But...
0: No, I, I assume there's just no actual evidence around vitamin D. I mean, there was obviously vitamin D has been linked to things like again, inflammation and stuff. I think in terms of reduced inflammation, but vitamin D is almost like a, a wonder. Um, it's not even a vitamin; is it? it's a pro-hormone But um, yeah, it's, it's a wonder supplement and does everything. So everyone should always be taking the vitamin D, regardless. Especially yeah, in us in the, in, the, in the yeah, especially us in the northern hemisphere where we don't get enough sun. Well,
1: in between gales today, it was beautiful for about an hour. Uh, mm, well.
0: Probably still not getting a lot of vitamin D though. i um, no, on, on want to lay on, in bed all day. <laughs> we, on this type of subject. Um, we did have uh, a request, not for the podcast, but from one of our followers, Chelsea, um, who is a fantastic physio, and I have sh- shouted about her actually before. Cause she helped me with some. Um,
1: I remember, yeah, yeah,
0: with some with some hip issues. I had and some knee issues, um, but she did ask whether we had done a um, any posts or anything on supplementation for health. So I thought maybe we could, we'd probably done a podcast on it, but I thought maybe we'll do another recap on stuff. So it's
1: another content for another week. Yeah, yeah. Not that our listeners remember need to know all. that now remember that one when we're struggling next week
0: we, we don't ever struggle alright <laughs> on that note we're not going to do these silly questions again we'll save them for another week um, we probably have got a guest on next week um, a returning guest I'm not going to give away who it is um, but we'll save them for them I'm not even going to give away the gender
1: what is it MMMX for gender neutral uh, yeah I don't know what you're talking about but okay Instead of like a Mr. or a Miss or a Ms., um, it's, I think they call it MX. It yeah. one of the female clothing companies. They address all their emails, apparently, MX. It's gender neutral to be inclusive.
0: Well, bloody hell, didn't know that, did I?
1: Listen to you every day.
0: Yeah. Well, if we finish it now, we're under an hour. So go, go, go. Bye.
1: See you. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.